From MPB Think Radio, this is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. I'm your host, Marshall Ramsey, and this morning we'll make it all right for you to have the Monday Blues. Our first guest is Stephen Johnson, better known as Stevie J Blues. He's playing with many greats from Shirley Caesar to Bobby Rush, but he's gone solo, and we'll talk with him about his latest album, Back to the Blues. Later, we'll switch gears with columnist Katie Eubanks, who will tell us about her five favorite film franchises. Hey, you can join in on that conversation today. You can give us a call anytime at 877-MPB-RING, or you can email me at marshall at mpbonline.org. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Happy Monday. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. I'm your host, Marshall Ramsey. I tell you what, it's Monday. I know you're probably dragging through the morning a little bit. You're probably in your ninth cup of coffee. And the point now where you're probably more awake because you've been running back and forth to the restroom. But we're going to make it okay for you to have the blues today. I know the Monday blues, they're tough. But our first guest is Stephen Johnson. He's better known as Stevie J Blues. And he's played with many, many greats from Shirley Caesar to Bobby Rush. But he's gone solo and he will be joining us here in a few minutes. And also, too, and she's been on before and I think you enjoyed her the last time and I know you're going to enjoy her this time. Katie Eubanks from the Clarion Ledger will be joining us. She wrote a column about her five favorite film franchises. Say that 10 times fast. And she'll be talking about that. And I'll throw in a few of my favorites and I know Sharita will as, as well. And happy day after Mother's Day. I hope you had a great, all the mothers out there, I hope you had a great day. Because to be honest with you, we couldn't do it without you. We wouldn't be here without you. So That's um, right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And it was a good day at our house. I tell you, it was tough um, for me, mom passing away, I guess, uh, less than a month ago. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't know how we were going to react this year. And to so be honest. How, how was it? How did you cope? I threw every bit of energy into my wife. So she's not technically my mother, but she is the mother of my children. Right. And so I made sure my three boys, um, you know, teenagers, you know, they probably would go buy her a shot glass with Mississippi on it if I didn't <laughs> give them, a, you know, a proper amount of push. Uh, we, we threw her a big day yesterday. And I think she felt appropriately appreciated, which was good. And uh, to me, it was just a really wonderful day. Yeah. And how was your mom? Because I know your mom's a rock star, and I know you probably threw a giant party for her in the Superdome. You rented out the Superdome. (laughs) I wish one day. Yeah. Well, she just celebrated a birthday the last Sunday. She had a big one. She had a big one. She was 30 this year, wasn't she? Yeah. Yeah, 30. In that age range. Yeah. Uh, I had just thrown her a big birthday party. And the end of April, which uh, cost. So I told her, you know, your birthday is pretty close to Mother's Day. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I I did get her a nice nice gift card. You got her a knife? knife. Okay. Not a knife. I got her a nice gift card. Every mom wants a knife. She loves to shop, yes. Oh, that's cool. She probably needs a a knife, you know, when she walks and stuff like that. It's so funny because I took the boys shopping, and we went into this kind of a frilly shop, you know, with lots of breakable things in it. Mm -hmm. And I walked in there, and I said... 
Uh, excuse me, I just brought my bowls into your china shop. <laughs> Not three minutes later. So my my middle son was getting bath bombs for his mom. You know, mm-hmm. those things you put in, the, they're kind of like, I guess, Alka-Seltzer for bath. I don't know. They yes. bubble and make nice smells and all that good stuff. He was putting them in a tube and he couldn't get the last one in the tube. So he pushed it down as hard as he could. Oh, man. All of them came out the bottom. Oh, man. And they lived up to their name. It was like bombs going off. Big white wow. cloud coming up in the middle of it. <laughs> and I just did the slow clap and slowly walked out of there and left them there. So, Oh, man. A uh, big weekend. Did you go see any movies or anything? I was afraid you were no. working. You are probably working. You were yeah, busy. Yeah, I had a gig Friday at a church. I did 30 minutes of clean comedy, which was awesome. It went great. Were you sore the next day? No, I was fine. Okay. The pastor was great. He enjoyed my jokes. I heard he quoted some of my jokes in church Sunday. So wow. I must have had an impact. Yeah, if he's ripping <laughs> off your material, that's a good thing. Right. Well, that was a great experience. Uh, the, the church was, was very, very nice to me. Uh, they were treating me like a celebrity. They said, I have a room for you. It's like, I don't need a room. I'm just going to stand and wait for my turn to get on stage. And it was fun. Very, very warm. I like performing uh, in, in front of church crowds. They're very nice. So they're very, the Never audience. heckled at a church, so. Well, that's good. Yeah. Yeah, because I would feel like you're in big trouble if you got heckled in a church. <laughs> right. That would not be a good sign, especially if it came from above. Yes. That would be real bad. Absolutely. Graduation week. I yeah, mean, a lot of people are starting to walk up. I mean, of course, the colleges have started graduating. The high schools are about to. Uh, I work out and I do the morning. I do Paula Cost. You remember Paul? Mm-hmm. And so I do, we do it at Madison Central High School. And they've got a little clock that says days to graduation. And for the last year, I've been watching that thing get smaller and smaller. So I think like last week it was 100 days. This morning, it's five. Whoa. And I'm sitting there looking at my son, who's a junior, mm-hmm. realizing, I don't have much more time left to this kid. Right. Because he's, I mean, it's almost like a NASA countdown clock. Yeah. You know, three, two, one, liftoff. And they're gone. Yeah, it's pretty scary. My, my little brother, my godbrother, is graduating from Jim Hill this year. And I mean, I still remember when he was a baby. Now he's towering over me. And it's so it's so scary because I remember all the things I experienced in college and I know he's 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 young and, and naive and, and so sweet. Yeah. And it's just it's just scary. So I kind of hope that he stays in the city so I can keep an eye on him and he can talk to me when he needs to. Yeah. The big sister. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I know. I went, you know, did the college tour with my son and it did it where I went to college. Uh-huh. And it's changed so much. I was walking around the campus and I started channeling my father because he mm. went to that same college, too. And we we're like. I mean, that building wasn't there when I was in school. You right. know, it's like I felt like I was, the resentment I was like 900 years old. And I'm looking around going, and I wanted to get out of this place. I want to come back. Mm-hmm. That'd be so great. But I get to give a commencement speech next there? Sunday. No, oh, no, not, not in college. It's a high school one. So, uh, okay. Yeah, it's going to be Do you fun. have together where you're going to say, are you going to like draw cartoons live or uh, no. talk to them about not, creativity? So, well, it just depends. Sometimes I do actually show some, you know, a little bit about creativity, but, you know, I'm going to give them the message that I talk about. My dad taught me about water skiing. Oh. Yeah. The time I nearly fell and nearly broke my neck and was laying in the water and he made me grab the rope and get back up. When you fall down, make your story about how you got back up. Mm-hmm. So I think I'll do that one. So yeah. I don't know, though. You know, it's a whole week. Got a lot of time to wait on that, so it'll be good. Hey, I want to throw out real quick some prayers to a friend of mine and a friend of many of you who have read his, have read his column for many, many years here in Mississippi, uh, Sid Salter, who is a longtime columnist here in Mississippi and also um, works at Mississippi State now. He's kind of their information guy. Sid's a dear friend of mine. I had the honor and pleasure of sitting next to him for 10 years, so I know Sid pretty well. Uh, but I found out over the weekend that he has been diagnosed with lymphoma. It's a very aggressive form. They've started chemo immediately. And I can tell you this, lymphoma is a tough one. Obviously, the treatment's going to be rough on Sid. 
But I've seen Sid overcome some things that would absolutely knock down the average person. He's one of the toughest people I know. He's also one of the nicest, kindest people I know, too. And so I just wanted to throw that out there. Just, you know, if you're praying, if you want to send good wishes, however you want to do it, just uh, send one up for Sid because Sid's a good guy. And um, he's been through a lot in his life, but he's always come through like a champ. And I think he's going to beat this one. Yeah. And and staying along those lines, there was a a track player at Mississippi State who was killed in a car accident. Her funeral was yesterday. Unbelievably sad story. Yeah. So definitely want to keep her family and the track team members um, in your prayers. Just a a horrible thing to to. And the funeral was on Mother's Day, but they wanted the the whole team to be there. I know some people who were connected to her. So that one is extremely tough to have to bury your daughter on Mother's Day. Like two days. She died two days after she graduated. Mm -hmm. I mean, saw the pictures and I was up in Starkville last Monday and a great trip. I want to thank the Starkville Rotary for having me up. But I mean, the whole town was in shock. Just everybody's like, I can't believe this just happened. So um, love your kids. Love your parents. Hang on to them because you never know. So Now, you saw Guardians of the Galaxy this weekend, right? I did. I did. Fantastic movie. The second one. How was it? Um, Wonderful. Very, you know, it's a little bit different. The first one, you kind of set it, had to set everything up. It was the introduction. You got to know the characters. The second one had a lot of heart. Mm-hmm. And you, so you got a little bit deeper into the relationships of a lot of the people. Obviously, um, Star Lord found out who his father was. Oh, who was Kurt Russell? <laughs> which is kind of yes. cool. Yes, I love Kurt. It, it was kind of cool. Cool. I'm not going <laughs> to spoil anything here. Um, needless to say, his name was Ego. Okay. So that says a lot. His father was a planet. Um, I, I know. Go figure. But you know, Baby Groot. Oh yeah. yeah, I love. I um, wish baby, that thing were real. Baby Groot's pretty cool. <laughs> yes. And I love Rocket Raccoon. Oh, yes. You know why? Why? He reminds me of my sister. Oh, would she be well, happy? Well, she's, she's short and kind of grumpy and, you know. Okay. I don't know if she would be happy for to, to be described as such. I uh, know. In fact, my phone's ringing right now, <laughs> so she's listening to the show. No, it was really a good movie, a lot of heart, um, enjoyed it. I'll probably go back and see it a second time. Mm-hmm. So, and I, and I rewatched the first one after I saw it, just oh. because I enjoyed it so much. You know, Katie Eubanks is going to be here in a little bit. And going to be talking about her favorite film franchises. You and I were talking about that a little bit. What makes a film franchise? Right. How many movies do you need for it to be? Right. Or do you just need a sequel? Yeah. Well, I, I love me some Gal- Guardians of the Galaxy. So, good uh, movie. So what, what pro- political cartoon are you working on? Uh, anything Trump-related? Uh, gosh, you know, I did a couple over the weekend. Always <laughs> fun. You get to meet new people every time you publish one of those. Um, <laughs> not, not for tomorrow. I've got one about, they're talking about different specialty license plates. Okay. And I'm thinking about doing either rejected license plates uh, from Mississippi, everything from potholes to mental health <laughs> to, you know, some of the things that have been cut. So I think I may do that for tomorrow, although the cyber attack that's going on right now, the ransomware, have you seen that? I heard a little bit about it on NPR this morning. Yeah, can you mean to turn on your... It's extremely widespread right Yeah, now. you turn on your computer and it says, uh, send me like X amount of bitcoins, which mm-hmm. is what they're demanding all across... I mean... Your whole, if you're a cancer patient in England, there's a good chance your whole medical record's been wiped out. Wow, that's that, scary. That's horrifying. Thank goodness computers are here to make our lives easier. I mean, and, and that's the catch-22. Technology is great in so many ways, but at the same time, you have all these risks that could happen with folks trying to hack and, and you know, sabotage folks. So it, it's concerning. You, you have to practice safe habits as much as you can, but you cannot avoid everything. So Yeah, I could imagine this is going to be an everyday tech show. Of course, it's we're going to talk about it Wednesday yeah. on Everyday Tech. I yes. talked to I spoke to an IT conference last week and I talked to the guy who was in charge of security, cybersecurity for Target when they got whacked back a few years ago. And I mean Target there was that was like one of the biggest hacking of, of all time. And he was talking about he said this scenario is very realistic. 
He said somebody could hack into the power grid and you could hack into your home. You know, if you have one of those automated thermostats Mm -hmm. and go into like thousands of homes in, say, Los Angeles and lower the temperature down two degrees, make the air conditioning all come on in the whole city and cause a brownout. And I mean, yeah, it was just all kinds of he's laying out these scenarios and I'm going, I think I'm going to take my air conditioning out of my house and put in an attic fan and maybe (laughs) use an abacus now. And it's pretty scary. Well, it's very tempting to get all these uh, technologically advanced things. They have smart refrigerators, the smart thermostat, Why? which could be beneficial. Why do you need a smart refrigerator? I don't I mean, know. They said me, something that could tell you what your refrigerator is lacking. So when you go grocery shopping, you can tell, oh, well, you have three eggs. All you got to do is open the door <laughs> and look in there. Oh, I have only three eggs. Guess what? That's completely analog, but it works. Right. I don't know. Yeah. Go, now, pretty much mine's empty anyway. I have like two teenagers and a 10-year-old. So I just have fruit and eggs and salsa. <sighs> yeah. I, I hate buying stuff because I, I never use it all. So I try to, I go to the grocery store at least four or five times a week. It's hard to cook for one. Three, maybe two or three times Oh, we're there so much with the kids eating like they do. We changed uh-huh. our voter registration to Kroger. <laughs> it's just bad. Well, shouldn't have said that. Anyway, I tell you what, we're going we're gonna to get over the blues, but we're going to have the blues because Stephen Johnson's going to be joining us and he's better known as Stevie Johnson. Blues, fantastic guitarist. Look forward to talking to him. We'll talk to him next. And then Katie Eubanks will be joining us later on in the show. And of course, you can join the show at any time at 877 MPB Ring. This is now you're talking on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. I'm your host, Marshall Ramsey. I hope you're having a great Monday today, and I think we have a great show ahead of you. Thank you for listening. Jackson Native, he's a blues and soul artist. He's Stephen Johnson, better known as Stevie J Blues, is going to be joining us right now. Stevie J, how are you, sir? Great. How are you, sir? I'm doing fantastic. Thank you for joining us today. And Thanks for having me. I do like the fact that you threw in the blues on the end so that nobody confuses you with um, Stevie J. Yes, I had to. It yeah. Was, uh, for, for, for obvious reasons. The, the, exactly. At the first point of my career, it was just Stevie J. And um, I didn't even know anything about that guy. And then when uh, Love and Hip Hop uh, aired on, on VH1, people started getting me confused. So like, I, I remember doing a show in Meridian, and uh, the promoter had advertised Stevie, Stevie J is going to be here. Oh, no. And, and uh, people was coming up, is that the Stevie J from Love and Hip Hop? That ain't Stevie J from Love and Hip Hop. You know, and, and we gained some fans, some, you know, some were, were like, okay, well, I, I checked him out, he jammed me. And then some people were like, uh, I was looking for Stevie J from Atlanta. So then we put uh, Stevie J Blues on, on, on just to make some distinction about who we are. 
Yeah, you could end up like the Blues Brothers and have to put up the, you know, the, the chicken wire to make sure nothing gets thrown at you when you get that kind of confusion going. I know that right now. The only uh, thing you have to worry about is the tomatoes. Oh, the tomatoes. Yeah, there's a bad. And Stevie, bad. Uh, you know, Stevie J from uh, Love and Hip Hop, that's not necessarily a guy you want to be confused with. He's like <laughs> a womanizer. Uh, he, he's gone through some stuff. So, yeah, I mean, I'm sure you appreciate the publicity, but you definitely don't want to be mixed up with him. He's a musician, yeah. too. So that's what's so funny. Yeah, right. <laughs> And he plays everything. And, and, and when I when I did my research on him, I was like, okay, this dude has been around, you know, doing production and stuff. And I was like, well, I've never heard of him until uh, right before the Love and Hip Hop um, series. Oh yeah, yeah. And as soon yeah, as soon as you put your stuff out there, boom, you discover him. You're like, oh, there you go. Right. And that was that happened to me uh, for a while on iTunes. His bio came up under my picture. Really. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We went through. We had to go through yeah. so much red tape to kind of get that change. It was just unbearable. That's amazing. Now you grew up playing music in a church, so um, and I mean you were kind of playing a lot of gospel music. How did you make that transition from gospel to to blues? Uh, well, around two thousand, maybe two thousand one. Um, I was in Malico Records doing a, a recording session. And um, Bobby Rush came by the, to sit in on the session and, and, you know, catch up with friends or whatever. He heard me playing, and when we took the break, he was like, hey, man, you, you play pretty good. And he and I got to talking, and, he you know, he had just had been um, in a, a vehicle accident with, with his band where, you know, he lost a few members, a few members got hurt. And so he was, you know, re redoing his band, and he, he wanted some fresh, young faces. He asked me if I was interested, and I told him, well, yeah, I'm interested. And so I, and he told me, he gave me the CD, and he told me to learn these songs, learn the show, and give me a call when you're ready. So, you know, I listened to the CD and, and studied it, and by that Thursday I called him and told him that I had pretty much had his show down. And he was like, well, I'm out of town right now, but be ready to leave next Friday at 6 o'clock in the morning. Meet me at my house. Wow. Okay. But that one weekend turned into about six years. Isn't that funny how life can turn just on a chance meeting? I mean, number one, it, just bumping into Bobby Rush is pretty cool. And then to right. have him compliment you is way cooler. And then next thing you know, you're playing next to him. Exactly. And I, I was able to uh, really see some things with Bobby. Because uh, you know, I, I played on his uh, live at Ground Zero DVD and met Morgan Freeman. And, you know, kind of hung out with Morgan Freeman on a personal level as well as meeting so many different people and then getting a chance to go to Europe for the first time. All that was with him. Wow. Wow. That I mean, and then on top of that, you get a free education out of the deal. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I'm a sponge for knowledge, so I'm, I'm always asking him. I was always asking him about this, about that, or about who, you know, tell me some stories about back in the days, you know. Well, you, you talk about being a sponge of knowledge, and, of course, you grew up playing in the church. Is that is that how you learned how to play? It is. I um. Well, it it, it it's kind of inherited uh, musically. My grandmother was a pastor, and she played guitar and she played piano. My father's mother. Okay. And then my father played guitar and piano and organ. And then my oldest brother plays guitar and piano and organ. So yeah, it, it was just always around us. But I um I I, I just learned um through by ear. And then I took some classes and. And I had some mentors to teach me some things, and then I started studying, uh, you know, the uh, theory system and stuff like that, and just kind of, you know, a progressive 
you never quit learning. So right. that's a pro- progressive journey of learning about guitar and music. Well, you know, speaking of learning, of course, you had to learn the business side of it. And I guess working with Bobby all those years, when it came time for you to go solo, you, you kind of felt like you had every all the tools ready to go, didn't you? Exactly, because I had I had uh, played with him um, for about six years. And I, I, I was he kept me real close to him. So, you know, he and I, you know, we would always be talking and, and he would always share things with me. Um, about the business and about the industry and about the days of old and the differences and everything. And so when it when it came time, I, I, what happened is we were playing. I had a, put a band together um, after, I guess, my second or third trip to Europe. I met some musicians that uh, they, couldn't, they couldn't speak English, but they could sing and play the blues and sound just like Muddy Waters and Howlin' Wolf. That's amazing. It, it, it was, and it blew me away, but it, 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 it gave me a respect and a passion and a love for the blues, you know. And, and uh, so it was kind of like a blues awakening, you know what I mean? Right. And so I told the band members that was with us at the time, I was like, um, look, when I get back home, I'm starting a band. You know what I'm saying? If y'all want to hang out when we're not working, come on. If y'all don't, I'm going to find me some band members. And when we're not working, I'm going to be starting something, doing something somewhere. And uh, we started at 9.30 Blues Cafe. It was a premier blues club um, at the time. And, the you know, we played we played a few months. One day the owner called me, told me to come to the office. He needed to talk to me. Because what I was doing, we would play, like, uh, the house band gig Monday through Saturday. But if it was booked and Bobby Rush had something to do, I was his featured guitar player. So I had to go with Bobby. So I would find somebody to front my band at the club, and I go on the road. Well, that that worked for a little while, and then the, the the club owner called me and called me to the office, and he said, "Look, man, you got to make a decision on what you want to do because I had to give away so much money because you wasn't here." I was like, "But you had, uh, you know, the headliners on the weekends." He was like, "They they didn't care nothing about that. They were like, where's Stevie J?" That's awesome, so, though. At that time, I had to make a decision. Yeah. Know. What a nice way to have to make a decision, though. It's like, hmm. I know. It's like, it, let's see, do I stay with Bobby Rush or do I really become successful? Hmm, I don't know. That's a that's a tough one on that. <laughs> I love on your website, you you, you describe, or, or somebody describes you as a limitless blues man. Define that. Yes, all, all Access Magazine uh, gave me that title a few years back uh, when we did an interview with them. Um, because of when they got the music, they got the soul stuff first. Because yeah. that was the earlier recording. So they, they got the Southern Soul stuff, and they, they thought that, you know, okay, this is a soul guy from the chilling circuit. And then I think they got their hands on the Diversity Project, um, and they heard the blues stuff, the Standing at the Station album. And when in the interview, uh, when he, emailed, he was like, you just you got both. Both sides, you, you got both worlds of the blues, you know. And they was like, this is the limitless blues, man. I thought that was a huge compliment. Yeah, I would. Especially yeah. coming from All Access Magazine. Amen. Amen. That's awesome. Yeah. Talk real quick about your, your Europe experience. And I know Sharita's played over in Europe also. Talk about the reception over in Europe compared to, say, even over here in the United States when it comes to you get up there and you start playing the blues. I mean, you literally become rock stars over exactly. over there. Exactly. The, 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 it, it is so 
the, the, the live scene is so thriving overseas, especially in Europe, and it's definitely such a huge appreciation and love for the blues and the blues artists that it's overwhelming. It's, it's really overwhelmingly different. You know, it's a huge difference in uh, the reception and and um, the respect for the blues and blues artists overseas and in, in the States. Now, uh, Stevie, you know, I went to play overseas as well, and I, I felt that same thing. And uh, sometimes they, they couldn't speak English, but they were just so impressed with us and, and so welcome. Um, exactly. And, and I, I wanted to ask you, because you, you've been playing for a long time. I've had the honor to play with you as well. I wanted to ask you about this this new form of blues. How has it been challenging for you as an artist to stay true to the traditional art form of blues, but also try to keep up with some of the, the new styles of blues? Uh, do you feel that pressure at all, or do you just try to be yourself? No, I just be me. I, you know, uh, I, I, I don't, um, I just, I, I've always just kind of made sure that I was in tune with my voice. You know, I, I, I try to make everything I do sound like Stevie J blues, you know, you know, so I just, it, it hasn't really been a challenge. Um, I, I listen to a lot of music that, that that's released within the blues industry, the contemporary blues market. Uh, and then I listen to a, a lot of R&B and a lot of rock and a lot of pop, you know. So it, I guess in my head, it, it just all comes together, you know. Do you ever get annoyed when you hear music that is uh, that is labeled as blues and you don't feel like it is? Because I, I see, I, I experience some of that with specific artists. They're like, man, that's not blues. You know, the, the genre uh, folks want it to be traditional and, and, and classic blues. Uh, do you ever hear something and think, mm, that's not necessarily blues? How are they categorized as a blues artist? Uh, sometimes, but what, what I try to do is, is by blues being the mother of all modern day, all modern day music, uh, blues being the root of it, uh, it's almost impossible not to be blues. It's like if if you playing any kind of music in modern day, it comes from the blues. So it's all the blues. So a lot of times, you know, like us, we as blues artists and, and blues peers and blues enthusiasts, a lot of times we do have to kind of open up our minds a little bit to understand that these are the fruits of the blues and we, we have to embrace them. So it, it, a lot of times I think that the categories, though, it, it, it'll put limit on the music. So like, you know you have to stay true to the art form, but you still have to be able to create and be innovative and expand. And I know my 12-year-old plays guitar, and he'll be sitting there listening to some rock song or whatever, and he goes, Dad. So what? So that's the 12 bar blues right there. Right. It all comes from the same source. So exactly. We'll continue this great conversation with Stevie J Blues. We're going to continue that. And then coming up after that, Katie Eubanks will be joining us, too. You can join in on the conversation. You can give us a call at 877-MPB-RING, or you can email me at marshall at mpbonline.org. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. Let all of the tension cease. 
when everybody's eyes are on the prize. Greed will overtake the vibe. I wonder if the president missed that list. Cause it just didn't seem to tell us this. There ain't nobody talking about love. Y'all gotta show a little more love. Shake a hand, even give a hug. Y'all gotta show a little more love. Make the world a better place. See the smile on the children's face. We begin to see the brighter days. And all we gotta do is show a little more love. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. My country, tis of sweet land of liberty. Land where my father died, land where the pilgrim cried. A nation sitting on tons of food, but only gives it to the cool. You're listening to Stevie J Blues. This is now you're talking on MPB Think Radio, and of course we are interviewing the man himself, sir. Welcome back. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Again. Yeah, that sounds great. That really does. Your your debut album was Two Sides of a Man. Um, that had to be pretty nerve wracking to put that out there, didn't it, for the first time? Yes. Now that was really nerve wracking. I, I I remember. I still remember days of writing that album and. Um, just trying to get it together. I, I just knew I wanted to do it. I knew it was time to go to the next phase of from being a house band, you know, to being an artist. Right. And so that was like my my first endeavor to try to, you know, reach reach the uh, masses. And I I was so hurt because the, the album uh, I wrote it in actually 2006. So like in. Oh seven, it was finished, but I had signed with the record label here that um, they had a distribution deal with Malico. But when it was time for my album to come out, they had lost their distribution through another um, album before mine that was unsuccessful in numbers. And Tommy Jr. is a good friend of mine. I was doing session work for Malico at the time. And uh, he called me into the office. I was in the studio, and he was like, hey, man, I heard your album. It's a great album. I love it. You got some cool songs. But I'm not putting the album out. I think we lost him. Okay. Hold okay. on. I'm going to put him. We'll put him on uh, hold and get him, him back. back on hold. But, but Mary is on the line, and she wanted to talk a little bit about old blues versus new blues, actually. Hey, Mary. Welcome to the show. Hey, how are you this morning? Doing great. I was just thinking about, I've, I've been running around on this earth for the last 84 years. And I have run into, I don't know how many people from the time I was little. So, well, that isn't something because my mama didn't make it that way. Or that isn't uh, the way you make uh, chicken and dumplings. And you don't get anything, if you don't get anything new, it gets old. That's right, but you, yeah, that's that's a good point. And of course, I know a lot of people like the traditional and want everything to sound like what they were used to growing up. But it is kind of fun to get out there and push the envelope too. Yeah, I I just thought I'd never learn to uh, like any rap, but every once in a while I'll run into one and say, "Hey, that sounds good." Really? So you, yeah. you 
so you listen to every form of music then? Well, not not a lot because I don't get any place but on my own radio in between what you guys put on and uh, uh, what I get on country music. Well, that's usually what it, yeah. where it stands. <laughs> well, very cool. So you so you you're okay with the new blues as well as the old blues? Oh yeah, oh yeah. I I never I never saw much blues until oh, probably the last thirty forty years. Oh, that's awesome. Well, Mary, thank you for calling, and thank you for listening. Uh, every, every Monday. I appreciate that. That's awesome. All right. Would you ever figure out what happened to Stevie? Did he disappear? He's back. Very good. I'm back. Oh, good. I apologize. I was talking, and my jaw hit the hole button. Oh, I was afraid. I was like, oh, no, he had a heart attack. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> it's like, we lost him. I was, like, starting to sweat. And I was like, oh, no, I don't want anything to happen to you on the air. I'm glad you're okay. Uh, I apologize. No, that. not a problem at all. I'm just glad you're okay. Um, no, I mean, here you are. You've got your new album out. You're ready to go. And then it's just a business deal that you had no control over whatsoever. Exactly. Blows up in your face. And you're like, Yes, Ugh. exactly. Blows up. So it, the album has to sit on the shelf. I don't know if you, you heard this part, but Tommy Jr. is a friend. I was working at Malico. And uh, he came and told me, he was like, hey, man, I love your album. It's a good album. But... I don't care if they have a album on Michael Jackson and Prince together until they pay me what they owe me. I'm not putting anything out for them. Sorry, I just uh, was trying to imagine. I guess you, uh, Michael Jackson and Prince together, that'd be a little bit hard to pull together these days. Right, that's a huge album. That know? would be huge. And he was like, I don't care if they had one. I'm yeah. not putting, putting nothing out until they pay me for what they owe me. I can't say I blame him on that one. So <laughs> Yeah, so, it, you know... It, it, it was heartbreaking and, and, and discouraging for a moment um, because I had this album and I was trying to get it out and I thought I had everything together, um, but I, it turned out that it just went down. And so that, that kind of led me into going the independent role and yeah. independent. You know, but in 2008, that, that label, they were able to find some a home for the record. Yeah. And, uh, the, the 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 gentleman that owned this record label, he was a pro- prominent Southern Soul record promoter and DJ. People knew him, uh, and so he had he had put it out. And uh, the first single was uh, "Because of Me," that it ended up going number one in the Southern Soul market, and it was reaching all kinds of playlists that played Southern Soul. It was like crazy. I was like, "Oh, here we go, here we go." And he passed away six months after putting out the record. Oh, wow. So it's, it's, it's been one thing after the I mean, you almost like shake your fist at the sky going, what's next? But, you know. know exactly. Exactly. It was like, what's what's next? You know, what's like, wow, why what, am I doing the right thing? You know. But, um, but, but yeah. I was just d- determined to just, I, I, I just want to keep going. But now, surprisingly, the Two Sides of a Man album I mean, the DJs just really never start stop playing those songs. They're still playing those songs today. That's awesome. I, I just did a show in Monroe, Louisiana, on Saturday night, and the the audience um, it was a track show, so I only had like a you know a few songs, but the audience knew a couple of songs, but they were looking for the songs from the Two Sides of a Man album because that's what the DJs are still playing there. <laughs> so 
I was like, wow, that, that album is almost 10 years old. Well, what a nice problem to have, you know, to have some yeah. on that. But, you know, I was just thinking about your, your story, and a lot of people, you know, think that walls are put out there to keep you out, but really, truly there to see how bad you want something, and you kept pushing. Yes, yeah. exactly. You weren't going to exactly. quit. Latest album is Back to Blues. Yes, the latest album is Back to Blues. We, we've um, had a couple of projects between uh, Two Sides of a Man and Back to Blues, and, you know, uh, uh, some of them were kind of more contemporary efforts, and one was a blues and soul double-disc album. But now the album Back to Blues, released in November, uh, for, November 14th of 2016, and we're really excited about it. It's doing well. Uh, it really tells our message, you know, and, and I think that um, I'm, I'm about 90% satisfied with with the overall album and the way it turned out production-wise. That's awesome. We're going to listen to I Ain't Getting That right now. How about that? All right. So Stevie, I, I have a question. Um, right. You know, did you was it was it hard for you to pick the songs for this album? Because uh, most musicians I know just have lots and lots of songs in their catalog, and it's usually a struggle to figure out which ones to put on the album. Uh, was it easy for you to figure out what you wanted to put on there? Well, what I no, what I um, what I do is I pretty much write my songs um, according to like I, each album is is written. At, at, you know, around the same time. Um, what I do is, you know, like I, I, um, I get my grooves or I have something. We may be playing something at a gig, and it just, you know, comes through. If I see the audience catching it, I may tell the guys, you know, I have to be like, y'all remember that groove right there, you know? And, you know, I, some lyrics are common. We just kind of put it together. But I try to keep every concept for my album. So, like, if I... Um, one, if, if, if I'm thinking contemporary blues, then I'm thinking about the total concept of the project from the the title of the album, the songs, the message, uh, the attempt, like, you know, what's the mission? What is it? What, what are we trying to do with it? What are we trying to accomplish? You know? And so this one, I, I, I just wanted to uh, celebrate the blues but let's do it in a way to where we can have some possible mainstream format, like format-friendly blues, you know, some stuff that can just be played, you know, on, on just about any format. It's something that'll fit it or come right in, and, and it won't be too off. It just won't sound so dated. So that was my whole mission with the Back to Blues album. Well, Stevie, thank you for joining us today. And I, I just want to throw out, get you to throw out there where folks can find your music because um – you know, we want to make sure people listen to you because you're great. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. You can find it online at any online retailers. All you have to do is just Google Stevie J Blues, Back to Blues, 
It's on iTunes, CD Baby, Amazon, Rhapsody. It, just all of them. All of them. You can find them anywhere. You can buy them anywhere. You were everywhere, and just make sure you add the blues to the end of Stevie J, right? Stevie J Blues, because you don't want the other fella. That's right. That's right. Hey, thank you so much. Well, coming up next is Katie Eubanks from The Clarion Ledger, and we're going to be talking about her five favorite film franchises. Said that five times fast. And if you've got a favorite film franchise, you can give us a call at 877-MPB-RING or you can email me at marshall at mpbonline.org. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. On the ring. She barely about the age of 23. They're calling me a cradle Looking guilty as a man. Summer, you may say that there's no earthly way to relate to a person half your age. I even had a man come to me and say, hey, man, is that your daughter? We laughed it off and went about our way. But she takes me back to my younger days When all I knew to do was play We don't talk on stocks and bonds A 401k This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. Happy Monday. I hope you're having a great one. Got the blues out of the way. But I tell you what, Stevie J Blues, that was a great interview. Appreciate him being on with us. And, of course, one of my coworkers from another uh, another job is sitting in the studio right now, Katie Eubanks. And I tell you what, I hope you get a chance to read her uh, columns in the Clarion Ledger. She's a lot of fun. Of course, does a lot of videos. And I did one. Sheree and I said, we got to get her in on this one. She's talking about her five favorite film franchises. Say that five times fast. I, I have. I've done it several <laughs> times here, and I've almost um, almost cussed a couple times in the middle of that uh, unintentionally. Cause there are all Good kinds thing of, we have a delay, just in case. Thank goodness. Yeah. Well, you know, every Monday we test that delay, and it works. It does. Uh, but anyway, Katie, welcome back. It's good Thank to see you. you again. I appreciate it. I haven't it. seen you in at least... 20 want, minutes, 20 right? minutes, something like that. <laughs> anyway, yeah. th- you know, this is a fun one because it's such a great conversation starter. I mean, yeah, it's a good yeah. thing to talk about at a party. Now, Sharita and I have been kind of bouncing this off for the last hour. What makes a franchise? How many movies do you have to have to consider a franchise? I feel like you have to have three because if you just have two, then it's like, okay, you have the movie and you have the sequel. Right. But oh, okay. I, I so, feel like you have to have one. Well, that rules out a lot of stuff for me. Yeah. If it has to be three. <laughs> the Godfather. That's your, that's your favorite, right? No. Okay. I, I've never seen The Godfather. Oh, come on. I've seen the I'm first serious. one. I haven't seen the, the other The second two. one's actually better. Yeah. It, it, Empire Strikes Back. There's very few movies where the actual sequel's better. That'd be one mm, of them. So, yeah. good stuff. Yeah. Uh, but not to derail this conversation. No, no, I no, love you got derailing your, it. I want to hear your five. So, <laughs> enough about well, us. No. Um, yeah. Well, I, you know, picking the number five spot was actually pretty hard because, like, I, I knew what my favorite was. I knew what my second favorite was. I had a couple others. but So for number five, I was kind of debating between a few different franchises. Mm-hmm. The Fast and the Furious, which I recently started rewatching with my friends. 
um, Die Hard and Lethal Weapon. And so I've seen all of each of those franchises. And honestly, like Lethal Weapon and Die Hard could probably tie. But I've seen the Die Hard movies so many times at this point, I'm like kind of burnt out on them and could use some, you know, Lethal Weapon in my life. Yeah. And, and you know, I I love the first Die Hard because that's yeah. the ultimate Christmas music movie. <laughs> uh, everybody's like, that's a Christmas movie. Well, there was actually, a, there's, I mean, there is a Christmas tree in the movie. There's a Christmas party. The and setting a Christmas is party. a Christmas party. Exactly. And it's Los Angeles, which is very Christmassy. Right. No, not really. <laughs> uh, but Lethal Weapon, I think, you know, time and time again, and quality wise, yes. those were great movies. I mean, the dialogue, I mean, it's just, they're too funny together. And that's before Mel Gibson became scary. It, yeah, he was, I mean, he was still kind of kooky, but, um, yeah. but yeah. You realize you know. that, that, that character he's playing was real life. <laughs> there you go. Pretty close to reality. Um, but yeah, I just think he and Danny Glover have such great chemistry. And there together. were so many movies that tried to copy that. Yeah, and they never really pulled it off. No, no, it doesn't work. That was good stuff. So that's yeah. your number five. Yes, um, and the number four uh, for me is The Hunger Games. Um, now I'm biased because I read the books and just like would stay up till three in the morning finishing those books because they're crazy good and they kept I'm, me guessing. Let me ask you this because I. I Saw the first movie. Mm-hmm. I hadn't seen any of the rest. Were the, yeah. mo- were the rest of the movies good? Yeah. The, I actually think the second one is the best one. And then the third and fourth, they did what they're not supposed to do because they wanted more money is they split the third and final oh, book into two movies. which is when they do that. You know, so if you watch the third movie, which I did in theaters, then you have to wait a year for the next one to come out. Oh, it's so horrible. But, but you know, I can see it like Harry Potter because they were they were doing like an 8000 page book. And yeah. Trying to break that. But half. these were not that long. Right. You know, so. Um, oh, The Hobbit. When they did that to The Hobbit, broken yeah. into three movies. A book that you can read in three days should right. not be three movies. Exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just I love the costumes, the characters, like the cinematography, everything about it. And the Katniss, I love that main character because. Is that the one where she kills? Bradley Cooper. Oh no! Wait, I was thinking. I was thinking of another movie she was in. I'm Bradley sorry. Cooper's not it. Spoiler alert. I know. Sorry, um, he's not in it. I'm just kidding. He's not in it. No. Um, but no, she's uh, she is, and like you know, she has these two guys that she's interested in, but she doesn't know what she wants, which is normal. It's realistic, you know, because she's got bigger fish to fry, you know. So all right, number three. Number three is the Jurassic Park series, and I realize. The third one? I don't even remember the third one. Oh, I know. It's not that good. They go back to the island and they get eaten. Right. It's the same thing. I mean, I understand because like, and this is why I I argued with myself, like maybe Hunger Games should be three and Jurassic Park should be four. But like, I just love dinosaurs. I can't get over it. And it just. That's why we're such good friends. (laughs) (laughs) She likes me because I'm a dinosaur. Um, But you know, they have, I just, that from the first movie, like I wanted to be, and I think this probably had a lot to do with it. I wanted to be a paleontologist. I wanted to dig up dinosaurs. And I just like, that still brings out that child in me. And you just can't top CGI dinosaurs and Chris Pratt in a leather jacket. I and, mean, and I will say this: even the original ones, the CGI on that was so good. Yeah, that really yeah. was. You know, you go back and watch because sometimes you watch movies that were like twenty years old CGI, right. and you're like, that's yeah, really bad. But it still holds up. It still holds up. And yeah. I mean, you know, and you see Newman get eaten, so that's yes. good. <laughs> that's always a good thing. And you know, we lived in San Diego when the second movie came out. Oh yeah, yeah on yeah. that. So yeah. they were in San Diego. You know, the, yeah. the, so we were looking out the window, seeing if the T Rex was coming because we'd already had a tank go through our neighborhood so we're hey why not a t-rex too that would be a lot of fun yeah all right so yeah chris pratt i mean once again guardians of the galaxy chris pratt i know i need to see those yeah parks and rec chris pratt Uh, good stuff yes good stuff number two number two for me is the dark knight series and i just i adore everything everything about it now that's once again there is a sequel that's better than the the original yes absolutely um heath ledger two words 
Yeah. <sighs> Incredible. Yeah, that one was amazing. I mean, the yeah. way he was able to capture that particular yeah. role. Was... I mean, he was a terrorist. He really yeah. was. And he was terrifying. So, yeah. I mean, we, it took us forever before you even let our kids watch it. Right, because it is scary. It's scary. And even, like, for me, it was even, like, if you know the story of Harvey Dent and that character in that film, like, even as I was watching him in that he's in this armored vehicle going down the road, you know, the Joker's after him. Like, I get this feeling in the pit of my stomach, like, no, Harvey, no. You know, yeah, like, it's, right. it really builds up the tension. I just... What do you think yeah. about Ben Affleck versus Christian Bale as Batman? I have my preference. Ooh, I have not seen I, I'll be honest with you. Now, I will say this. I, of course, Christian Bale, the only problem about him, when he was Batman, that's how he <laughs> oh, talked. That, yeah, but, that was but, better than Bane. But I thought Ben Affleck. Oh, I don't oh, know. I like Bane. I like he Bane. sounded like Sean Connery in a toilet paper <laughs> tube. Or Yoda oh, or something. Oh, oh, I'm going to get you, Batman. I hate, you know. hated Bane's voice. But I was, it was a struggle to understand what he was saying. And I, you know, I grew up with the television Adam West one, okay? Okay. No, oh, I didn't yeah. really grow up with so it. It was, it was, it was <laughs> in rerun. So, but I thought that was cool when I was a kid. I remember yeah. my dad walking in a room going, oh, this is the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. You know, I thought, Dad, that's, that's, you can't say that. Ben, I like, ben Affleck was better than I thought he would be. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a fan of Christian Bale. Well, I mean, of course yeah. he's still the best, but I'm yeah. saying, Ben, I, the bar was so incredibly low. I, it thought, was. I thought he was going to be terrible. And he was... Yeah. I mean, I don't like the guy that plays Superman in the movie. Because he's, really? he's, yeah, he's As handsome as he is, what's wrong with well, you? Yeah, he's pretty good looking. That doesn't work for me. That's okay? all that's, that's not what I'm about. <laughs> that's you know? not going to sway well, him. Well, just he was so dour. It's like, man, Superman, seriously. See, that's why I don't like Superman. Because Batman, again... He's grumpy. Well, he's well, just, he's dark and he's not a Boy Scout. And Wonder like, Woman movie. Know. I am so into the, the Wonder Woman movies coming out. And it's already yeah, getting positive reviews. That I'm trailer is awesome. Oh, yeah. it is. It I'm going to have to see that. And, I, and, you know, once again, why you like, you know, the Superman is why I like the, the Wonder Woman. <laughs> Just to let you know that. No. Is your wife listening? She's always listening. Okay. I have a chip in my neck. You know that. <laughs> so, number one. Number one for me will always be the Lord of the Rings um, because mm-hmm. I'm a nerd. Yeah. And I just, it's epic. It is, And I love epic things. I think that's what it is. It's epic. And I love the storyline. I did read the books. Also, you know, just the fantastical settings everything about it um you know it's not a movie that's known for like these just wonderful acting performances that are oscar nominated and stuff but i mean you watch that thing and it, it's just it's enchanting my uh, precious <laughs> how rewarding is it to read a book and see the movie and it's just as good oh very much because i think the lord of the rings movies are better than the books the books i mean tolkien was brilliant but i mean it was slow you oh know? my gosh every phone line just let up I can't believe you just said that. <laughs> now, I thought Peter Jackson did a fantastic he job did. on it. And, you know, it was it was really good. And, you know, I didn't, the first Hobbit movie, I was like, okay. Uh, he's mm-hmm, sort of, mm-hmm. But it started getting a little bit better on yeah, that. Yeah, but, but he did a good job with those, too. It was just But just, much. I'll tell you what, it made me want to go to New Zealand. That's oh, what it yes. made I so want to go to New Zealand now. Yes. If I could survive the 500-hour plane ride, I would go right. tomorrow on that. Absolutely. And I was thinking about some of my favorites. Of course, you know, gosh, three movies. That could be a lot of things. You said you didn't care for James Bond because you didn't like well, some of the moral stuff see, in it. See, I, I love them, but it's like philosophically, I just I wouldn't put it in my top five because, yeah, I mean, all he does is sleep around. Oh, know? yeah. It's but okay it's that he kills everybody that he comes across. But, <laughs> well, that's his job. Well, okay. Well, <laughs> but, okay. Now, seriously, the very last Roger Moore ones. Oh. Uh-huh. And when he would get romantic, I'm, uh, I'm doing air quotes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, dude, you got to have a stunt double because there's no way that's happening. <laughs> that's just not going to happen. Um, I, I like James Bond just because my dad loved James Bond. Yeah, and yeah. so for me, there's that emotional connection to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think of my dad, yeah. although my dad really honestly and Sean Connery have very little in common. <laughs> uh, but I love James Bond. And I thought, uh, you know, 
The new one, Craig. Daniel Craig. Daniel Craig. Is I fantastic. thought he did a good job yes. too. Who would have thought that a blonde James Bond would be good? All right. Well, you know what? Dang, we ran out of time. Mm. So I guess I can't tell you the rest of mine. No, I like Star Wars. That's good stuff. Dark Knight, I agree with you on that. Yes. And Lord of the Rings as well. Good stuff. Yeah. All right. Very cool. Katie, we'll have to have you back on. That was yes. way too short. I know. I know. All right. Well, Sharita, let's do this again sometime. You want to? How about next week? <laughs> All right. Well, as production of MPB Think Radio, I want to thank uh, Sharita for doing a great job producing. Coming up next is Southern Remedy. This is Now You're Talking, and we will see you all next week.